rust. Put on sidewalk up, make it loud. And the Romeo Fox God, shall we dance? You are listening to the SitRep Podcast, your source for historic wargaming with a fresh perspective. We review the latest and greatest products in wargaming, discuss rules and what-if scenarios, and we cover the news and the latest trends. This is all brought to you by your SitRep command team from around the world. Join us for another riveting conversation here on the SitRep Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next exciting episode of the Sit Rep Podcast. We've got the command teams, <clears throat> excuse me, all here together. And uh, after a few false starts on my part, we are ready to rock and roll today. And joining us from merry old England, shall we say, is our resident painter, that calm voice that keeps you cool and collected when you're frustrated with that miniature that just won't stick together is Gaz. Hey, Gaz, how are you? I am good, thank you. Excellent. Um, I must admit, I am uh, probably going to put the kettle on at some point during this with the mic off because I forgot to make myself a brew. But, you know, a cup of tea is important during these times. It's- yes, it is. Very important. Um, we've been we got a new kettle here in anticipation of your arrival whenever that happens. So uh, we wore out the other one. So we do have a brand new kettle for you there, Gaz, when you come over. Excellent. (laughs) And then joining us from good old sunny Florida, it's our historical guru, the game master, the big man himself, Big Jim Mariscany. Jim, how are you today? Not too shabby. I can't complain too much. Excellent. And I hear you got another awesome game going to happen today. If you have not seen, uh, by the time you hear this, it'll have already taken place. But please make sure you check up on it if you are catching this post. Uh, There will be the recording on our usual social channels. Uh, Make sure you catch up on the latest episode of the rule set based upon 13 days, 13 hours, right? It's it's that Uh, homebrew? Yeah, we're... We're, we're, we're continuing to develop that and try to adapt it to more and more settings. So, you know, we, we can get more mileage out of the work we put into it uh, through the course of 2020. Excellent. So, over here in the Midwest, in dreary old, semi-sunny, crappy, brown Illinois, is my compadre, the new boy around the block, big Mr. Martin. How are you today, sir? Uh, I'm well, thank you. And the weather's not bad. It's sunny, so the wind's not blowing. Uh, I've got a brand new American flag hanging out in front of my house that looks, I did not realize how old my old one was until mm-hmm. I replaced it. I'm like, wow, that's a really bright flag. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was time to retire the old one. I'm, I'm looking at it here and like, that looks really nice. Good. Three cheers for the yellow, pink, and gray. <laughs> well, it, it was like the gray, the other gray, and the blue gray. <laughs> yeah, it's time to you know take it down and break out the burn barrel. Yeah, yep. come on there, post commander, the VFW. You should be the one setting the example for everybody else. It, it was still serviceable, and then it wasn't. It got caught on my Christmas lights. So I'm like, oh, I got see what happens one. when you earn the title commander. You know, yeah. Well, it it, it is uh, folded appropriately. Uh, All right, right now and placed in a place of honor uh, until I fire up the fire pit and dispose of it properly. Excellent. All right. Wait, I thought I was against the rules. 
No, no there is a you way it. you can are allowed to do it. There's a whole procedure, oh. uh, you know, way you, there, you have to follow a set. Theoretically, if you do it properly yeah, by the yeah, standard, yeah. the code, the U.S. code, there is a way to dispose of your flag. Well, technically, it's the only legal way to get rid of a flag. Right. You're not allowed. You're supposedly, air quotes, uh, not allowed to just throw it in the garbage. Right. Yeah. Because no, then it's bad. like in a landfill. It's in a dumpster, and it's not dignified. It's better to just burn it, and uh, that's the way you actually get rid of an unserviceable flag. Yes. So the and yeah the, the the way that I do it is I cut the uh, I cut the field out of the out of the stripe. Mm-hmm. I fold okay. it all. I I fold it all up loosely because it's going to be on fire, and then uh, place it in in the fire. Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, there, that, there is a flag specifically, though, isn't it? So yes. if it was a poster of the flag, it wouldn't have to be treated the same way. Well, theoretically, by the United no, States Code, anything that represents the stars and stripes is supposed to technically, again, we're talking technically, be treated the same way. But, you know, you oh, got right. people wearing American shorts, right? American flag shorts. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's really... There is no American flag police that's going to come by. You know, the FBI is not going to raid your house if you don't treat those flag per the United States code. There's a thing called the United States code. It's the USC. Um, and that is all the federal laws, statutes, regulations that we're supposed to follow. Um, but unfortunately for 90% of them, most of them are not followed or enforced in some aspect. So, but that's what it's based upon. Um, you know, so, yeah, there's a whole discussion on American flag uh, etiquette and uh, treatment of the old glory, if you will. Uh, but we won't go there because that gets into politics and that'll just burst mob bubble. So on how that flag is treated sometimes. And, you know, I hate to get on the, the stump, but I'm going to do it anyways because gas started it and he's British. God dang it. What? So there yeah, we go. <laughs> Buckle up, folks. Buckle up. Here we go. All right. So <laughs> what really bursts the bubble or really pisses off an, uh, an American and more specifically, I want to say most veterans uh, is the, pe- the way the people treat the flag in protest. Right. Um, now, we believe fully that you have the right to protest in this country. But there's a proper way of protesting and that's per the constitutional right. First Amendment allows for peaceable you know, assembly to protest your government. So when you're doing stuff that's not peaceable, not respectful, then you're going to get the cockles all fired up on a lot of people. And then that's when you start having all the hate and, you know, criticism that there is these days. So we want you to protest if you feel you've been wronged, but do it respectfully. That's all we ask. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, you, You've got the right to right to redress and, uh, you know, the the First Amendment right doesn't end with your right to to protest because if I don't like it, I have my rights as well. Exactly. See, and that's I think the problem today. It's, it's actually weird that you're talking about that just because I watched um, is it Chicago Fifteen or something recently on Netflix? Oh yes, the the about the group they got yes during the sixty eight convention. Yes, yes. So that yeah, was yeah. it's quite interesting that we've cycled around to that. Strangely enough, which is quite pertinent to what you were just saying with protests. <laughs> the, yeah, the the Chicago mayor at the time famously said uh, the police aren't here to uh, 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 the police are here to uh, 
uh, how do you say? Oh man, it's good. Now, now I'm messing it up. <laughs> he famously said, "I'm something I can't remember." He's yeah. Oh, good old daily. Yeah. Say, we are talking about daily here. Yes, you we know, are. Daily and senior. Yeah, the, the police yeah. aren't here to cause disorder. They're here to preserve disorder. <laughs> so the best T-shirt I have ever seen related to law enforcement, and I'll probably get flamed for this one from somebody, uh, was the T-shirt that used to be in a police supply store. And it's been on the online as well. And it's related to Chicago police. And it says, you know, uh, we kicked your father's ass in 68. Wait, do you see what we do this year? You know, when the convention came back to Chicago, I think what was it? 2010, 20, whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, I was in Afghanistan at the time. Yeah, I didn't have to worry so, about it. It was a good one. It, you know, and obviously it's probably more to the, us locals who understand what it means. But, you know, if you get out of line, you have the right to protest. That's all we're saying. But if you decide to go outside the, the, the lines, be prepared to pay the piper. That's all we're saying. And if you're protesting and other people don't like what you say and they counter it, be prepared. If you believe in your whatever that you're protesting strongly enough, you have to be able to accept the counterpoint. Right or wrong, right? Okay. I would agree with that part. I would just be wary of designating where the line is. Well, if yeah, you go, allowed, I'm just going off the Constitution. I'm not I'm not restricting speech. I'm just saying the Constitution says peacefully, right? That's all I'm saying. So if you're out there burning buildings and throwing bricks and all that other stuff, that's not protesting. That, absolutely, but burning flags? Now, flag is a burning the flag is a protected constitutional. It's gone through the Supreme Court. It's been uh, gone through case law, and the case law states that it is a protected freedom of speech to burn the flag. Plain and now, simple. Arson and violence, I would absolutely agree with. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you do have the right to burn it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to like it, right? And I'm going to let you know I don't like it. So, I, that's all I'm saying. Um, if you if you believe in something and you want to protest it and you want to have actions, be prepared for counter actions and response. That's all I'm saying. You can't be butt hurt if somebody doesn't like what you're doing and disagrees with you and, and expresses their disagreement. And I think that's where some of the stuff comes by. All right, let's get off the political. You know, we're here about games. <laughs> wow, I did I prod that? Um, <laughs> Dang British, they're firing us up together, trying to get us another revolution I, so they can I, take I really over the country. Like that whole that whole attack and fade tactic. Like, <laughs> I'm going to put out my content. And then, okay, but we're not talking about that now. We're going to go ahead and move on to no, I'm just It's guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla warfare. We've now sent Harry over to win an election, and we're just going to take back the country now. It's already. Oh, uh, uh, is that the plan? You oh, send God. over the royals. <laughs> and to take over the United States again, and then you know, screw us up with Brexit too. Oh, I thought they were in Canada. What? They've already they're taking over the country. They've already taken over Netflix. <laughs> I'm scrolling through Netflix and it's like The Crown. Uh, there's the one about Margaret Thatcher with Glenn Close. There's the one about uh, Die. There's another one about Die. There's the one about the day Die got killed and it's got uh, like the first day Tony Blair was in. Uh, I'm like, oh my god! There's like seven shows. Well, I, 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 I'll be honest. I watch a lot of British TV because um, I'm subscribed to uh, I, can't, I think it's called the British TV channel on Prime. So I watch a lot of British TV because I love watching their police shows. I think they're yeah, I freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, I, the most recent one I watched is uh, the the bill which I didn't understand what the bill means, but I guess it's an old British slang term uh, for a copper yeah. or police the officer, bill. the old bill. Yeah. So I don't yeah. still don't understand where bill comes from in that 
context, but okay. Um, and I guess it was their longest running police procedural show. It was like 26 seasons. Um, so it's pretty good, actually. Um, it's the Doctor Who of police shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then prior to that, I had watched The Thin Blue Line with Martin Rowan. Uh, or yeah. Rowan Atkinson, sorry. Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. And it is freaking hilarious. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it only lasted two seasons. So, And then there's a whole bunch of other pre- police dramas and shows. I, I enjoy them. I actually watched the, it's called The Farming Life um, on BBC. And, you know, it talks about farmers and the UK in different areas and how a whole year, you know, they stay with them for a year. It's pretty interesting because it, you know, it's, it's amazing how similar I think we are as far as, you know, um, countries, but how much there's these differences. So, uh, it's very interesting to me. I love British TV. I I love, are you being served? Uh, you know, some of those comedies, uh, you know, of course, dad's army who doesn't love dad's army. Right. Um, not the film, not not the film. Oh my God. That film was so bad. So, so bad. Uh, have you seen the true documentary Hot Fuzz? That's, uh, that's a good one. The documentary Hot Fuzz? <laughs> or you mean the t- movie Hot Fuzz? I love the Hot Fuzz. I could almost recite that movie. <laughs> for the greater good. Not, always look out for the old man with a long trench coat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> for more ways than one. All right. All right, let's get into some hobby, all right, shall we? Gaz, why don't you start us off? Uh, you did a really good review of some miniatures the other night on the Thursday show. Uh, those were some uh, Courage and Contact, right, uh, White Dragon? That's it, yeah, Right Dragon Miniatures. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, yeah, um, I, obviously, we picked up a set for yourself, what, a year and a half ago now? A year yeah, ago? yeah. That's um, how you're out. A mixture of Taliban and uh, British Army. Uh, they've been increasing their range a lot more recently. They're adding some of the heavier weapon systems now, so heavy machine gun, grenade launcher. Uh, the Mastiff Two is one of my personal favourites. Uh, who likes a, a big old caged out truck? But uh, in the episode we did, we covered a couple of their vehicle dismounted infantry British Army. Uh, my idea going forward is to uh, move into battle space with the British forces against the Taliban. Nice. Um, battle space is something we featured in some previous episodes and we really like that game system I know Mark is a huge fan and they have some stuff in the near future yep. and uh, yeah we got some nice feedback on the review um, I messaged uh, Alan because it's a one man band company in the UK uh, he was very pleased and he put a link up on his website to it as well so yeah I think the only mistake I made with it is I did it at the table in my living room and I had the camera mounted to the table that I was leaning on. So it looks like, you know, at certain points, I've got some really shaky, <laughs> shaky moments. So next time I'll learn my lesson there and mount it. Well, I, I was thinking it was actually a lack of caffeine from not having enough brew uh, for you <laughs> because I know you don't drink, so I can't, you know, go down that road. So I was figuring uh, maybe he just hasn't had his brew yet and, you know, he's getting the twitch. I mean, I've been on leave for a week. I've got, I'm just not used to not being against a deadline and having to deal with stupid pilots and other things. So I'm kind of out of sorts at the minute. I've had the shakes and I'm not drinking enough tea to, to square myself away. <laughs> so wait a minute. So you're on, on your holiday leave right now? Is this your holiday yes, leave now? Well, at least you got yeah. holiday leave, you know, like, unlike the poor Marines out in uh, 29 Palms, um, well, who got their PP slapped and, weren't allowed now depending on how you read it you know they were either canceled for leave or the sergeant major who was a big 
dick gave all the NCOs extra duty time so they couldn't technically leave because they had duty every third day or something like that because of two guys that fought in the barracks over Thanksgiving and the Sergeant Major wanted to make a point. Yada, yada, yada. Damn Marines, they are hardcore, I tell you. Uh, collective punishment. That's right. Oh, by the way, uh, there are Marines that are working at Christmas as well at Citrix. Or I shouldn't say the company name, but yeah, we're, we're probably working on Christmas as well. Uh-oh. Christmas Day, day after Christmas, Christmas Day after that. Yeah, it's... Do you have like a big rollout holiday. or something happening, Jim? No, they just made up new rules because they think they can. Oh, bummer, dude. So, yeah, it is what it is. Huh. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't didn't think you guys... I mean, is that a busy time for you guys? Or is it just for like uh, system it is, support? It is end of year and end of quarter. Okay. We usually, uh, yeah, we we usually kind of skate on uh, the end of the, you know like for Christmas Day, but yeah, who knows? It's all it's all kind of up in the air. There's there's some debate going on, and and we're gonna we're we're gonna figure it out one way or the other. Gotcha. All right. Sorry, Gaz. Uh, I took us off track again. I'm famous for that. No, no, um, that's cool. So, um. You're going to paint up those miniatures. Did you see the comment on the video where somebody was asking you to, in future, to compare scales, you know, between like Spectre yeah. and those minis and other yeah. ones? Yeah, yeah. I messaged back. Um, so I asked for a, I asked what ranges they'd like to see. And yeah, Spectre and Empress were the two that were sort of the feedback from that. So I do have a single Spectre miniature left here. Uh, but it's actually at my gaming club. It's the one in the tracksuit that I put in for the paint competition. He's still sat. So I've not been back to the Did you win? club due to COVID. Uh, mid-year, maybe earlier. But did you win? I would have been. So I've not got him yet. No, not until I go back. I won't be going back until I've been vaccinated. So Right. No, but did you win the contest? I was going to say, how did, how did, how, oh, yeah. how did the tracksuit Sorry. Yeah, he did. He did win the contest. What? Yay. For that for that month, yeah, it was a it's a monthly one that has uh-huh. a theme, and uh, yeah, he did he did take first prize. Then why are so, yeah, we, we need to that. put a picture and put like a banner winner painting contest <laughs> on the podcast page? You know, we need to play wow. this stuff up, dude. All right, you're very so cool. not British. <laughs> I know it's very un-British of you to do, you know gloat. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was uh, uh, a big big thumbs up, and really pleased with it. Cool. I was going to keep hold of him anyway because uh-huh. he was the favorite out of all. Yeah, my yeah, no, well, rightfully so. Uh, rightfully so. We'll, so. Yeah, we'll use him. And now, once I get these painted as well, we can use these for other modern ranges mm-hmm. uh, as a, a comparison as well. So yeah, we'll um, we'll keep taking forward with that. But the miniature range, like I say, from White Dragon uh, Miniatures, uh, is ever growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a UK-based company. I'd have to look in to see if they ship internationally or not. But uh, yeah, keep an eye on them, guys. They their Taliban are awesome as well. They're slightly heroic, which means uh, I like a lot them. More forgiving for traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like fact, them. They've got guys on motorcycles and RPGs, and now they've even got an IED laying team, um, which. Interesting scenarios, mm-hmm. not the nicest content in a sense, but in the same time, not many people do those types of miniatures. Guy with a shovel, guy with an IED putting it into the ground. Um, it could make some um, some real scenario play in modern. Yep. And I'm actually holding the uh, CIC Taliban biker uh, kit one. Oh, yeah. Um, it's They're really nice. I mean, beautiful resin minis. So, and you yeah. know, Marty, we use some of those uh, white dragon miniatures in the 13 hours uh, tabletop game. Those are the Afghanis. Yeah. So those are yeah. the white dragon and, miniatures uh, there. 
They're really yeah, nice. Like you said, they're a little bit, her- yeah, a little, little bit on the, the heroic uh, scale side, but the, you know, they were cool dudes. Yeah. We liked them. Yeah. Very cool. Anything else, Gaz, uh, gaming wise or anything going on? Uh, done a little bit of our personal hobby. Uh, just been so everybody's got their pile of shame. Um, <laughs> so I've not been in the mood to paint recently. Uh huh. So I've been build, building stuff instead. So actually cracking open the boxes and just putting stuff together, cleaning up mold lines. Um, oh wait a minute! So How long did it take you to clean one mold line? Uh, it's about an hour per model to uh-huh. do all the mold lines on a model for me. Yeah. So uh-huh. for those out there who are, don't know what I'm asking, when Gaz comes over, I mean, we did this when he was here in uh, visiting us when we were in Ireland um, putting together the Lord of the Rings set. The boy is a stickler for detail and cleanliness on models. He will literally spend at least at least an hour per mini yeah. uh, cleaning it. Yeah. So, you know, and here I am. Scrape, uh, scrape, scrape. Okay, it looks good. <laughs> and, and I can see Gaz over there twitching as I do that, you know, because it's like, oh, I, I, I can see that it's, it's 0.5 millimeters and I can still see it. So, you know. I, uh, yeah, I'm really bad. I am really bad. In fact, I've even been using something that you gave me recently as well. Oh. Um, the uh, Vallejo plastic putty. Oh, okay. Um, so you were kind enough to give me a spare one of those that you have, and uh, it's still good now. Uh, it's been open for probably a few months, uh-huh. um, but keep sealing it up, keep cleaning out the saw the, the head of the. Uh, it's in a dropper bottle, uh-huh. so keep cleaning that before I seal it back up and put the lid back on, and it's still good. Uh, just using that for sort of smoothing areas where you've got the obvious two-piece connection lines yeah. where you've put two parts together. And uh, that's been being used on um, some crisis protocol minis. So I'm going to be having some nice sort of modern tables, but in the comic books sort of. Ooh, wait a minute, you got crisis protocol gear? I, uh, I have some Wakanda. I have some uh, web slingers. Uh, so, yeah, I've uh, oh, picked up some of them. We're going to have to get together offline. I have to force <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that's definitely not historical in any way shape that's all right you know what we're speaking right now (laughs) (laughs) but you know what though you gotta have some variation if you only play exclusively one you know i'm not speaking for everybody because i do know some people who will not play anything outside but jim even plays stuff outside historical you know, dark I star. Sci-fi. I, I dabble in sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. sci-fi. So you know, fantasy, um, not so much. Yeah. So you know, my I, idea of fantasy gaming is strip poker with three Hooters waitresses. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantasy, and it's never going to happen. And it's a game, so that that's what counts. Well, wow, that, you should be a lawyer. Long, that one, didn't they? That boy, that was you know, that was taking it to another level of there of technicality. You know, here I'm thinking, oh, maybe he plays some Lord of the Rings or eat some D and D. But no, he had to go to the Hooters. All right, cool. All right, uh, Jim. How about some hobby okay. for you, my friend? Um, yeah, we've been pretty busy, uh, although mostly um, online and uh, and some other uh, you know digital uh, work. Uh, we've done the Chosen Reservoir in Panzer Leader. It's the first time that we've done uh, the Korean War in Panzer Leader. I'm not 100% sure if we talked about this last time, but we uh, it was Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, every Thanksgiving weekend, uh, people who uh, either are or have been in the Marine Corps tend to remember um, the Chosen Reservoir. It's about that time. I think it starts on the 24th of uh, 
24th of November and extends to like roughly uh, December 10th, depending on how you uh, how you look at the dates. Um, 1950. Um, so we had that game a couple times. Uh, we did it once uh, on stream, and then we did it again, you know, off of stream, just to kind of finish playtesting the scenario. Um, what was interesting about that was uh, I, I, you know, started clicking around to do some research to build, you know, the, the best scenario I could, and we found a scenario where, no kidding. Um, I mean, I look into it because of Marine Corps. You know, you think Chosen Reservoir, 1950. Korean War, you think Marine Corps, but it's actually not true, or at least not complete. Um, the Army was heavily involved in that, especially on the east side of the uh, on the east side of the reservoir. Um, Task Force One Thirty Seven, First Battalion Thirty Seventh uh, Infantry, were there, part of I think Seventh Infantry Division. So we found one scenario where there was a uh, uh, you know where, where there was a a relief column or a reinforcement column trying to get up to one of the evacuation points. That was American Marine Corps and American Army kind of glued together in an emergency task force. Again, first of the 37th and then also first Marine Division. And then on top of that, there were some Royal British, uh, some British Royal Marines in the area. And because uh, the Lieutenant Colonel um, Drysdale was his, was his name, happened to be the senior guy that uh, Chesty Puller had at his disposal, the British wound up commanding that, uh, that task force. So we found a U.S. Army, U.S. Marine Corps, and British force to uh, recreate in uh, in, uh, the, in the Korean War at the Chosen Reservoir. I thought that was like almost, almost, not quite, but almost the perfect sit rep uh, scenario because it included almost everybody. We didn't have any like Canadian paratroopers or something like that. You know, um, if we had had that, it would have been perfect. But it was pretty close. So we ran that a couple times. Uh, we did Mogadishu a couple times in Valorant Victory with some cleaned up helicopter rules. Um, as viewers of the channel will know, we've been playing Valorant Victory uh, a lot, mm-hmm. especially in the modern era. And we've been slowly sort of like, you know, session by session, adding more and more rules to it. People have been asking a lot for the counters. So we're coming out with the counters now. Those have been rolling out. The issue is those counters are kind of useless if you don't have the rules to go with it. So we're, I'm, I'm also writing the rule book. Um, I've reached out to Barry Doyle on Board Game Geek, the guy who created uh, Valorant Victory originally. He has gotten back to me. I wanted to ask his permission before I basically rewrote his rule set. Um, he's totally cool with it. Awesome. Uh, again, yeah, Valorant Victory, guys. Again, I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million and one. Valorant Victory is created by Barry Doyle. It's basically a love letter to Advanced Squad Leader, you know, back in the day. And um, But it's much more accessible. That's the point. When I say accessible, he put it online for everybody free to print and play. So if we ever start canonizing saints in wargaming, uh, he's definitely my first nomination. <laughs> Not only did he create one of the best games out there, he put it out there for you know freak ass free. You know, all you have to do is get some printer some printer toner together. You know, print it out, cut up some counters. And you're ready to go. And again, people have been making their own versions of that and variants and new counters, new scenarios, new vehicles uh, since 2007. You go to Board Game Geek, there's something like 220 files wow. that the community has created. And uh, so, so yeah, up needs to come up with a new holiday, the St. Doyle Day. Yeah, right. And we, we, that's kind of what we're doing. We're, we're, we're coming up with a new version of that game. Um, it's all SitRev branded and it's going to be going up on Board Game Geek probably a little bit after the holidays. Uh, it's three quarters of the way through. 
Um, but of course now the holidays are upon us and there are some other projects that are taking up some time. I'll get into that in just a second. So the Valor and Victory project is uh, somewhat postponed for the moment, but it is, it is getting close. And, um, yeah, uh, the, uh, the uh, SITREP rules are being written and, uh, all four scripts are written for the next series of the Ops Center. Uh, the first session is now recorded, edited and mixed. I just have to do the graphics for it. So we hope to have our first, uh, episode of the new op center series out on july 2nd july 2nd is my is my target date for the first for the first episode of series five yes so uh, six months from now oh sorry sorry i meant january i said july <laughs> sorry I i'm like i'm trying to think all right what happened july 2nd wait that was gettysburg but this isn't an anniversary for gettysburg you know, we're, we're sticking more modern so it's <laughs> It's January 2nd. I have a little bit of a spoiler alert here. It's January 2nd is episode one. Okay. Episode one is always like the setup and the preamble and the, you know, here's how, here's all the background. Here were, you know, here's why that conflict got started. And that leads to the actual shooting starts in episode two. We always have two weeks between Op Center episodes. So episode two, when the shooting starts, is going to be January 16th, 2021. Oh, I wonder what that could mean. Any ideas on that one? Anyone? January You're a machine, 16th, Jim. Tw- uh, January 16th, 2021. 30 years ago was January 16th, 1991. There you go. Anybody know, want to know what that was? That was the beginning of Desert Storm? There you go. That is correct. The, uh, we, we lovingly referred to that in the, in the reserves as the Muta 8 War. Because <laughs> the ground war only lasted 96 hours. Uh, it's like, yeah, it lasted 100 hours, and it's going to take me about 100 hours to put this series together. So, Man, you are keeping it right to the historical point. details, Jim. I'm impressed. The, the <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be built. The, the, the episode's going to be edited in real time. It's going to take 100 hours. It took 100 hours to fight the war. It's going to take 100 hours to put the series together. Um. I mean, it won't take that long, but it'll it'll be a, it'll be a lot of work. But uh, yeah, episode one is again probably at least halfway done. Okay, maybe two thirds, and awesome. then uh, yeah, we'll have three episodes for that. So that's what I've been doing for hobby. Excellent. So, um, without giving too much away, do you recommend game systems to uh, game that uh, conflict? Uh, yeah, a couple. Okay, actually, more than a couple. Excellent. Uh, probably five or six. So it depends on the scale. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always the first question. You know, do you want to be Schwarzkopf? Do you want to be a, a, a battalion commander? Do you want to be a company commander, a platoon leader, a squad leader? You know, that's usually the, uh, the like, like the command level that you're most interested in. Excellent. And then within each of them, there's usually at least, a, you know, a recommendation or two. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Awesome, Jim. Really awesome. I'm very lo- well looking forward to those. All right, Martin, you're up. Marty. Was someone asking a question? Somebody got cut out there. Marty, you there? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I am. You, okay. You cut out. Did I, I cut out? Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Well, what was the question? I, I said, are you, what are you up to, Marty? Oh, so, uh, so I've been uh, working on a bunch of blood and plunder stuff recently. So, uh, I have completed the, uh, I, I had a bark boat uh completed that that was the first thing i did because well it's the boat it's the shiny object i couldn't stop myself uh-huh. yeah 
can't play the game with just a boat, but yeah, that's what that's where I went first. Uh, then I uh, uh, I have since completed a uh, starter set for the French, okay, and a starter set for the uh, unaligned uh, pirates and privateers. So those are all done. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then I am currently working on terrain. Uh, so I've got like one little generic building built that could be uh, a house, an office, you know, whatever. Sure. And then I did a uh, uh, like a 1600 Spanish style church. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just finished that, and uh, up next is I am working on creating my own six by four playmat. Ah. So that's that's been the bulk of it. Uh, that I've been doing recently. Although, as I cleared my table of all that stuff, I did realize I had a whole squad of Quitsor uh, North American uh, French Foreign Legion guys, modern French uh-huh. Foreign Legion guys. I'm like, oh, I should finish those. So I did. There you go. So, so yeah, I got the I got those dudes uh, done up, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. And then. Uh, you know, you were gracious enough to loan me your FDM printer. So I am trying to figure uh, that out and uh, start printing up uh, some more terrain and such. You know, there was an alternate plan behind that. It wasn't just me being kind and letting you use it. <laughs> it was to allow me to go, you know what? I need a bigger printer for terrain. Don, I need a Shocker. big resin printer to build terrain with. So, what kind of equipment are those modern foreign legion guys? Are they like in, in desert um, uh, gear or like jungle gear? So, I they're uh, I've got them in uh, they're like uh, it's kind of like their version of multicam. I forget what exactly okay. they call the pattern, uh, but it's uh, you know, it's kind of a uh, a muddy brown with some green in it. So, uh, realistically, uh, I was using my reference photo was, uh, three guys in Afghanistan. Yeah. So like, yeah, like multi-purpose, uh, kind of desert. I was just asking, I, I ran across the, for, the foreign legion in my research recently. Uh, I, I forgot that they were also in desert storm. They were way the hell out there on the, on the, on the West flank. So, yeah. I was going to say they were, they were out there in the sticks, uh, snooping and pooping. Yeah. Uh, part of, uh, or they were attached to uh, six light armored. So they were like literally the last division in line. They were way the hell out there. Um, I don't know if they found anybody out there besides, you know, Jawas and <laughs> trying to buy some droids. But other than that, they were, they were way out there. Cool. Very cool. Anything else? Well, yeah, and then Jim, I can't believe Jim just used a sci-fi reference. In it's Star Wars. Story. He likes Star Wars. I know. Star Wars. Is, is, is Star Wars really sci-fi though? I mean... No. <laughs> opera, opera. Sorry. Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just space opera. But uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I figure that uh, you know, I like playing uh, Battle Space, so uh, you know, I can add those guys to to my mix because Battle Space comes with uh, just U.S. forces in the uh, in the card deck that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oddly enough, it comes with some some blank cards, and well, they're just you know they're PDFs, so you could kind of modify them to be whatever forces you want. There you Strange go. Stuff. There you go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm thinking that I'll I'll do uh, add them to to the mix as well, and 
then we can go fight bad guys with French Foreign Legion dudes too. Very cool. And I'll be doing that with British, so that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And I got Canadians we can use. Yeah, there you go. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So here's what I've been up to. Uh, let's see a few things. Um, so the other week I did a review of a new video game that came out, um, beyond the wire. Don't buy it. I'm just going to put it out there. Unless you like those kind of games, first person shooter clone of call of duty or battlefield or whatever that other game is. Um, it was not what the video made it seem. Uh, I, I had posted the trailer a couple days prior and I was really excited. This like this is World War One. There's trench warfare and then there's, you know, other warfare because we know World War One wasn't all about trenches. Right. Um, so they had this really great video uh, trailer of this game and, and, and it states in the trailer actual video game footage. Right. So I'm like, OK, you know, and, and it granted now to be fair to them, they're still in alpha beta. It's a pre-release. Right. So I downloaded it um, the day of, re- of the show and then um, I got it loaded up. I tried it for a few seconds. I'm like, OK, whatever. And then we did it online on the show and I couldn't play more than 10 minutes of the game. Um, it is nothing but Call of Duty in skinned in World War One. If that's your jam, grand, you know, go for it. Um, otherwise... It, it was frustrating. It really, I mean, I, I, I was in that, I, I was watching that stream. I don't think there was anything like wrong with the game fundamentally. No, just, no, 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 no. I'm yeah, not saying that, but it's, it's totally, uh, it's totally a, a, a genre thing. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I don't consider those, I don't consider first person shooters or MMOs, any kind of a war game like at all. Um, I mean, it's, it's a combat game. There, there's, there's shooting in it. Yeah. But it's not, there's no I mean, there, it's, there's no, it, I was, th- it, again, if you go back and look at the trailer I posted, and then you look at the actual in-game footage, it, it, you know, when you watch the trailer, you get this feeling of, okay, we're going to be doing as a unit, we're going to be doing missions, you know, based on historical events, yada, 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 right? Then you go watch the in-game footage, and all you're doing is running around shooting each other or stabbing them with bayonets or clubbing them or whatever, you know, it's capture the flag. It's That's all it is, you know, and then you have a bunch right. of yahoos on there who just run around and shoot people or beat them up or whatever the case may be. There's no tactics involved. There's no... You know, and they, and they named the battlefields after, you know, battles of World War One. But I don't, it, it just it did nothing for me. Uh, it, thankfully, it wasn't I, I expensive. Really any, any, I didn't really see any similarity between like the, the actual battlefields and what, what was on screen. Yeah. So, um, I mean, even the trenches were too clean. You know, uh, if you looked at the trenches in the game versus what a trench looked like in World War One. It was what I call too clean, right? Um, a good example of trenches, if you want a good example in a movie setting, is was it 1917? Um, that was a good movie. I, I did like that movie. Um, you know, and if if you want a real in person, if you're in the Midwest, uh, here in Illinois, we have um, Cantini or Cantigny, depending on how you want to pronounce it, and they had the first infantry. Um, division museum here and they actually have a world war trench system in the museum that you can go through 
Um, it kind of gives you an idea of, you know, what a trench is like. Obviously, it's not all wet and stinky and all that. But, I mean, it simulates it pretty well. Yes, you went through it, didn't you, with us? Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite interesting. To, uh, there was that. There was the, the Blackhawk insertion as well. That was quite cool. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but, yeah, Blackadder goes forth with Rowan Atkinson, the comedy. Uh-huh. Um, that's sort of set in the trenches in World War One, and it's it's really strange if you watch the whole thing all the way through because it's a joke all the way up until the, yeah, the like final episode. The uh-huh. last five minutes are not funny at all, and it it sobers what was a complete satire all the way through, and leaves you thinking of the poor poor buggers that went to the ladders, heard the whistle blow yeah, um, and stepped forth into the, the no man's land. Yeah. It's, um, it's an amazing transition. Um, for anybody who's not seen it, it's worth a watch. Um, it's on Amazon. I think episodes. you can get it on Amazon. Yeah. It's maybe six, eight episodes. They're not overly long. They are very funny in many places. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Um, when, when he's looking at the map, he's like, this is the map of the ground we have captured in today's offensive. He's like, what scale is the map? Oh, this is actual size. So this, this is, is one, one to one. one. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a coffee <laughs> and the, and the general comes on, looks down at the map that's rolled out in front of him and goes, damn, it's a barrelist tenderness. Look at the state of this. He goes, sorry, sir, it's the wrong side. And he flips a map over and it's actually a map on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) But it just shows, um, (laughs) it just shows some of the thinking and some of the, um, sort of the real, the harsh reality at the end is, is very sobering. As it should be. Yeah, it definitely changes gears in the last, like, five minutes. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, never seen anything that that level of transition before is, is pretty special. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it does pay uh, homage and respect, you know, to the, the situation because, let's be honest, it's not a joke, right? You know, the war is not a joke. But all of us being veterans... We know that we have gallows humor and we try and make a joke out of everything just because of the situation. But in, in, in the, we also want to be respectful and things like that. So, it, you know, we don't want to make light of the act of war. So, yeah, yeah. War comedies. And world, I mean, we're talking about World War One, but yeah. also World War Two. Pretty much those two, the two big ones. World War Two and World War One comedies are, are really tough to do. I can count like maybe two. Like Hogan's Heroes. I don't. I actually find that show kind of offensive. I don't. I don't like it. I don't watch it. I think it's kind of disgusting that they ever made it. At the same time, things like you know, goes forth somehow gets it right. Kelly's Heroes is a World War II comedy. Somehow gets it right most of the time. And you're like, well, how come these shows get away with it and other shows don't? Mm-hmm. And I think is, you know, Kelly's Heroes has the scene in the minefield where a couple of guys, you know. Um, you know, pass away in the minefield. And, you know, there, there are, there are serious moments in Kelly's Heroes. Yeah. And of course, there are serious moments in, you know, Goes Forth and Blackadder Goes Forth. So there's, I, th- I think, I think that's how you get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other possible exception I can think of, technically, it's a comedy. It's a really heavy movie. Maybe I even shouldn't bring it up. Is, um, I think it's Life is Beautiful. It's a, uh, is that the one with Daniel Day Lewis in it? Uh, I can't remember who was in it. It was an Italian actor. It's a, it's a guy. It's, it's actually, a, it's a, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. It's a comedy set in the Holocaust. Oh, how do you make and a comedy basic, in the Holocaust? 
they, they somehow pulled it off. Huh. Um, again, there's a lot of serious moments in there. But the basic idea is uh, an Italian uh, a father and his young son, like four-year-old son, are you know on the train and they arrive at uh, you know the camp or whatever. And the father knows what's up. You know, he's got like maybe an hour or two left to live or whatever. And yeah. his son, because the kids are the first ones to go, because um, they can't help him with, with, with running the camp. And what the father's doing is he's trying to convince the kid that this is all a big screw up. Um, that, you know, these SS guards are actually like the butlers at a hotel, at a resort. And he's like complaining with them and he's arguing with them and he gets on all the, like these crazy adventures or whatever. Um, cause the SS guys almost don't know what to do with this guy. Cause he's like, this guy's laughing at us. And he's like, you know, he, he's meeting the grim reality with, with humor. Um, I'm really not explaining it right. Uh, it just kind of goes to the point where, you know, when it comes to war comedies, um, there, there are ways to do it, but man, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a very fine line. I, I definitely think that uh, Black Adder goes forth is definitely one of the winners, but one of the very few winners. Hogan's Heroes, again, don't do it right. Dad's Army, I've never really seen. And is Dad's Army really a war comedy? It's a, I know it's a no, comedy. it's not really a war comedy. It's set in right. World War II, but it's the home guard, if you will. Right. Um, so it's, it's situational comedy set in that era. Um, right. I don't. I wouldn't consider it a I, I war comedy because they never go to one. combat per se. Uh, I think right. that what a German crash lands or something, a pilot at one episode, and, yeah. And they do some field so training exercises, which are hilarious. Um, but you know that's it's really about it, and the other most of it's about you know them being in their town, dealing with the local population, you know the the air raid warden and the. Uh, clergy and exercises is, is where is where ninety percent of the funny stuff in the military happens. Oh, All most definitely. Yeah, because ninety percent of the time you're bored and got nothing to do, so you come up with stupid stuff. So before someone calls me out in the comments, I should also add Mash. Mash oh yeah, they were, and again, I think they get away with it because they do sprinkle in a fair amount of, of serious, yeah. of serious moments. I, I think they, I think yeah. Mash, I think Mash is similar to. Um, sort of the home guard one because it's not frontline. Mm-hmm. So in the sense of, you know, they they don't really have any combat action as much as the interaction between the characters, you know. Yeah. I mean, once in a while they're under artillery fire or there's a sniper outside a compound, but there's always that, that, that flood of wounded. There's always people, you know, all bloodied and messed up or whatever, you know, yeah. constantly being brought in there and, like, they try to save as many as they can and, like, one out of ten slips away. Um... Yeah, so it's yeah, you know, you're right. It's not like frontline combat, but they're pretty close. Oh yeah, to the point where you know combat, uh, the the immediate effects of combat are never never like it's literally you know radar yells into the into the into the loudspeakers, you know choppers incoming mm-hmm. or incoming wounded on the bus or the jeeps or whatever. They're always they're always kind of right there. Um, but yeah, those would really be like the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, comedy in war is is, is is kind of a tough topic. Yeah, it is. Um, you got Mikhail's Navy. Oh, I, I, I've only seen the movie. Oh, you've only seen the Don't watch the movie. Good God. Yeah, the, the movie was awful. Oh, it was terrible. TV show was. I, I've actually okay. never seen the show. Okay. Yeah, there was the Mikhail's Navy. Again, it was more situational comedy than anything else. All right. Uh, so besides that video game, uh, I also did another one called Door Kickers 2, 
where you play like uh, PMCs and you're, you know, putting different scenarios where you have to plane out your raid into a building or compound. Sometimes you're rescuing a hostage. Sometimes you're eliminating an HVT. You know, it, it, it was fun for the first couple hours. And then it just seemed like I was repeating myself over and over again. Basically, it's a top down version. You see the buildings, you know, you have you have to plane out your guys moves. They're going to throw a flashbang here or a pepper grenade here, you know, kick in this door, or pick this lock and then you hit go. And then it does whatever you plan it to do. And then sometimes you can go in live real time and make actions too. It's a puzzle game as you know, again, set in, uh, you know, you know, modern warfare type universe. It's pretty cool. You know, it was only like 10 bucks. So, you know, for a time waster, I think it's pretty cool. Um, but again, if you're looking for something more beefy, I definitely not it, but no, it's okay. Um, other than that, uh, we redid the game library downstairs where the old, uh, beast of war studios used to be in our house. Uh, that is now all a new game library. So we have several shelves, uh, six foot tall shelves full of stuff that we have to reorganize, but all the games are being moved down there. Uh, we have the really nice game table in one space. We have our six by four uh, game table for miniature wargaming up there as well. And uh, we found that we have a lot of crap. Um, a lot <laughs> of crap. Like stuff, not garbage stuff. Um, I found out we have a lot of terrain that needs to be built. So we're going to have to have like a day dedicated to terrain building, you know? Um, just, Wait, do you think you can get it all done in a day? Well, yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we can well, make a good building, dent of it. Or he said building, not 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 painting. So yeah, right, well, you know? even building it, I reckon it might be. Well, at least you're not cleaning mold lines on that. Eh? Yeah, right. <laughs> so you know, we have a lot of stuff to do. Um, but yeah, so we can have an area dedicated to just you know gaming, um, whether it's board games, miniature games, you know, whatever type of game. So we have an area, uh-huh. and then you can leave it on the table. You know, if if you run out of time and it doesn't have to be cleaned up or, you know, you worry about it getting knocked over or whatever, because it's in its own area. So and then that Wait, then are we, you and Marty going to do um, battle space in the Christmas village? Oh, Don would shoot us. But did you see Marty's <laughs> hey, dust conversion? That, that's not true. I I started my Christmas conversion on my on my little dust uh, Santa assault squad with his elves. And she said that uh, I could take pictures in there, which means I can play in it. That's what I heard. <laughs> Wait, you did know, you post that picture? Do that. Hey, 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 hey. Someone needs to do that. For seven, no, six years, <laughs> we did that on Peace of War. Oh, you're Peace not doing it this year, are you? No. Six years, we did that. We did the All right, Marty, we got to get it done. We got to do it. And, <laughs> and I can't do it on, on SITREP, because if I do it on SITREP and not on Beast of War, Warren's going to send uh, an Irish hit team out after me, and then he's going to kill me. So <laughs> I have to you know, I have to go ahead and set this one out, because I can't, I can't. I mean, I don't have my, any more armies. I've, my I've done conversions are in process. I have my Santa squad leaders uh, 95% done, and I am converting the rest of the uh, assault squad into elves. Uh, and uh, those are in progress, but uh, we'll probably be done this week. All right, so you, have, you get the you Santa squad done. You have, uh, <laughs> you have to have a Bumble, and you have to have a, uh, who's the other famous unit? Oh, like like, like the, the Polar Bear Heavy Infantry, or Heavy Cavalry. Or oh, whatever. I, yeah, well, we'll figure it out, because I can do, you know, we'll use some of Dawn's SSU as the bad guys. 
raiding the village. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, you guys are so dead. It's so funny. <laughs> if you try and do that, that may be the only time that you see Dawn holding a shotgun. Uh, while she's holding it, all you'll see is the red shell casing spinning out from the right as well. <laughs> she said, she said that if I painted them up, I could put them in, in, the, in the village. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> to me, to me that I'm going to play with them. They're toys. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll have to see what. Well, uh, all right, Jim. Since you were not well, upholding your annual tradition, I guess we'll try and meet the challenge. I've done it for six years. It's somebody else's turn. <laughs> They've gone against the Soviets twice. They've gone against Battletechs. They've gone against you know, demonic toys. They've gone against Cthulhu's minions. They've gone against Halo. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Halo troops. It's it's been six years. It's literally somebody else's turn. So we could do Red uh, Dawn. I've been playing it since July. We could do Red Dawn in Christmastown. The yeah, Soviets invade. SSU invades Christmastown. The local populace, you yeah, definitely. You know, becomes the uh, guerrilla warfighters, and then Santa comes in to save the day. Yeah. So Red Dawn was Russia originally, not yep. North Korea. It was yeah. uh, communist countries because you had uh, Cubans. Uh, Cubans were the ones that were mostly in in the town there in Colorado. That you know the movie's based in. Um, but there was Russians yeah, as well. Nicaraguans and Cubans. Yeah. So, because they came up the corridor, basically. Okay. But, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. Marty, you better get those done. So, uh, yeah. Well, they'll probably be done this uh, this week, I think, because I'm, I'm almost done with the, uh, the conversion. I have to convert helmets and boots still. Uh, okay. But other than that, the rest of it's done. All right, and well, then paint, of course, but paint will go pretty quick. Okay, I've already got the paint scheme worked out. Perfect, and then we'll um, we'll do a little story with pictures or whatever. So, just like Great. the gym. All right, cool. You know, may, we might we might have to send Don grocery shopping or something to make sure that we can get it done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'll walk in there, and the bird, the deadly bird of death, will be sat out of cage <laughs> on the tree looking at you waiting for you to get close to it before oh it yeah peck my eyes out mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's trained that thing I'm sure it's not, <laughs> to do with it. I mean, it's not bad tempered it's just well trained <laughs> yeah right <laughs> very cool alright so um, other hobby stuff what have I also been doing uh, I think that's pretty much uh, that, uh, however, I do have an interesting package that came, uh, like I s- mentioned earlier, the ultra combat, modern, uh, skirmish combat rules book showed up the hardback book along with the decks for the Russian army, the U S army. And then the, like they call them the doctoring cards. Um, so each unit has its own card, uh, like on the deck, I haven't taken them out of the plastic yet, but just looking at the bottom of the American deck, it looks like an M one tank. So, um, yeah, unfortunately the poor guys have been having some problems with some of their sculpts. Their original guy, I guess, had some issues and dropped out and then they had to replace them and start over on some things. Um, but we'll do a review of ultra combat modern and we'll be playing it. I did paint up one of the original miniatures. Oh, a while back on the, uh, show. I'm actually looking for him on my table and I just saw him the other day and I can't find him now. Where'd you go? Where did you go? Um, Cleaned up and can't find a thing. I know, right? <laughs> um, 
Oh, that's a British soldier from the Zulu War. No, that's not it. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. Anyways, he's here somewhere. Um, but they turned out really good, and um, so I don't know if I should say this, but I will anyways. I was handed a special box at Adepticon last year. Was it last year? I think it was last it. year. No, I think it was last 2019. year. 2019. No, I think. Well, you know what I mean. The The last one we had. 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have the first round of test minis before they had the problems with their sculptor on other minis of the battle, um, the ultra combat modern minis. So I have uh, us and Russian guys, um, the, uh, the original sculpts. So I will have to paint up some more so we can do a play game because the people have been asking for more games, right? Um, so looking at the rule book, it looks good. I'll do a full review on uh, a Thursday show or a Tuesday show. If we need some um, programming, um, so I would definitely, that's definitely on my table. Uh, the other thing is I've been reaching out to people to see if people, you know, to help Jim out as well and, you know, give him some time, uh, to do his own thing or whatever is, you know, do some gaming on, um, Vassal or tabletop simulator. And most of the people I've talked to while tabletop simulator looks cool, it's really hard to use. Um, you know, it, the way you have to manipulate the table and the minis and all that stuff is extremely hard to use. Whereas Vassal, uh, is pretty much point and click, you know, you still have to have the rules, you know, it's not like it's going to do stuff for you. You play the game, but it's just virtually, you know, Jim does an extremely good job in his atmosphere of Excel. Uh, but just because I'm not that cool and that smart, um, so, you know, if anybody wants to do a game of something in Vassal, we can, we have that option too, uh, because, you know, we're still in, a lot of places are still in heavy lockdown and we want people to be able to play games with people. You know, we're doing battle space because it is a solo game essentially. So those who, who need time to do, you know, a game and solo, we're going to show you that option and then, um, do some other things there. So that's the thing. So a couple of things I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, did you guys see Little Wars TV put out their own rule set? Yeah, I did. I have not looked at it uh, hardened you know, with any critical eye, but uh, they had announced that they were going to put the rule set out, and now they've actually published it. Yeah. yeah. So it's a free w rule set based on Vikings, I think, is what it was. Yeah. yeah. So okay. those guys cheated again. Have we not been yep. talking about this for weeks now? Poor Jim has been slaving away on his own rule set based on 13 days, 13 hours, getting stuff all together, you know, with um, the um, uh, Barry Doyle's set, Valor and Victory. You know, he's even reached out to the man himself to get the blessing. And then freaking, I didn't want to steal his thing. And that's the right thing to do. That is the right thing to do. Say what you will about us, but we're not thieves. At least most of us. Um, so it's been proven yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, good for them. Uh, it, I guess it's an introductory. It's like um, what do they call it. Um, saga light, essentially. Um, so I have not really seen it. I know uh, the guys on uh, on Tabletop talked about it over the weekend on their show. Um, but I really didn't, you know, watch it too long. So unfortunately, I had other things going on. So, 
Um, it'll be interesting to me, but I, I'm, I'm waiting. I can't wait to see their, you know, our product. Um, also, I wanted to do a quick shout out back to the guys over at Dish Dash Games, the guys who do Ultra Combat Modern, Ultra Combat Normandy, and uh, Skirmish Sangin. Uh, reason being is they gave us a shout out. Support. What? Yes. In the book, under authors, and at the bottom of the page, it has a thing for support. Sit Rep Podcast Group. Bada bing, bada boom. Wow. So, Sweet. thank you, Colin and Nathan. Yeah, how about it? So, yeah. You built a good one. Which, 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 by the way, Nathan is a Chicago guy. Right? Who knew, right? So, yeah, we, we definitely will, you know, whenever uh, this COVID environment uh, simmers down, have to physically get together with him. Yep. And then on top of that, looking through the play testers, a couple of our friends, uh, Carl Lothane, uh, who's a member of our podcast uh, page uh, and other gaming pages? I'm, uh, I see him posting stuff all the time. And Chris Long. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. And then under Kickstarter supporters, I see a few names of who's who. The first name that pops up, believe it or not, is Ralph Holland. Um, so good old yeah. Ralph supported them. And my name's in here somewhere. So, but anyways, yeah. So it's several people's, you know. But I, I, we want to appreciate. We really appreciate those guys putting the Sitrep podcast there on the page. So um, thank you very much, and we will definitely be uh, demoing this here in the near future. So let's talk about. So you guys heard the State of Union uh, podcast I did uh, a couple weeks back, yeah? Yep. Yep. Roger. Roger. Any yep. thoughts? And thanks very much for all the kind words again. That's okay. No problem. Uh, I'll expect to check anytime, Jim. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's in the mail. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on that? On anything that was said? Anyone? Don't all speak at once. Um, what, what, what was actually changed or announced? Or was anything changed or announced? I mean, I know we're switching back more to modern. Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't, th- I, I don't think anything was really changed or announced. I think basically the gist of the conversation was this is our baby. Uh, while we understand our core audience is here for modern stuff, we're not going to become exclusive of other, other historical areas, you know, because we want to be inclusive of his- historical gamers. And while there are other uh, groups, podcasts, shows out there that do a very good job in s- historical content, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they're as funny as we are. You know, we, we take ourselves seriously, but not too seriously. And honestly, I, I look at our podcasts from the level of the average gamer, if you will. Right. Where some people will take a big overview and they they really go out and explain things. Jim does an ex- excellent job of the tactics, strategies and the, the nitty gritty in the op center stuff. You know, and he talks and he shows game creation in the Sunday gaming, you know, and then on our podcast, we talk about all things related to gaming in some abstract way. Everything we talk about, whether it actually directly relates to a game or not, is related to gaming because you take meat from it and you can apply it to something in gaming. Um, so 
like I said, I wanted people to know we hear you. Um, we understand where you're coming from, but we also want to be able to grow our audience because if we're not growing, I think that was the, the key statement. If we're not growing, we're dying, right? Yeah. Um, so we want to be able to explore and the other, you know, we want to set the example that it's okay to expand and explore other areas. Don't pigeonhole yourself. You know, if you're only here for moderns, welcome. We love you. Thank you. You know, that's, this is what we started the show for. And we are definitely going to, you know, we'll have content for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. At least half. Yeah. At least half. Just, just not exclusively. Right. Um, you know, and if you're into world war two, which a lot of people are welcome, we'll, we'll definitely explore some of that. You know, and Jim has a very good knack of getting stuff that's not the 99% coverage of Western Europe, right? The D-Day stuff, Battle of Bulge stuff, yeah, you know. World War II is a bottomless well. Right. You will never find the bottom of that. Yeah, you can, good grief. <laughs> yeah, you know. certainly. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's perfect. I mean, that's, that's what this, this is why this team works so well, because we feed off of each other. You know, where one person has a strength, somebody else might have a weakness in. I don't want to say weakness, but, you know, they're just it's not their cup of tea. Right. Different focus. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and that's that's why it works. You know, would we love to have a million subscribers? Of course we would. But there again, let's be realistic. We're a wargaming channel. We start out in moderns. We're doing some history, you know. I can guarantee you 50,000 subscribers by this time in July if we did 40K. Or Star Wars. Or Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, but that's just not us. We're, we're just not those people. So I'm not playing with Space Marine. <laughs> that's not, why I play Tau. not my thing. That's why I play Tau. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a 40K guy at all. I mean... I have a ton of 40K stuff sent down in the basement that's still unopened. Um, just nature of the beast. Uh, but you know, again, we want everybody to have a thing. Like I found my uh, second edition of muskets and tomahawks. I didn't even know I had it. Um, but I guess I ordered it at some point. Um, you already have second edition of that. Yeah. Yeah. They came out with a second edition. So I know they had, but it was somewhat recent. I mean, yeah, I forgot. I ordered it. Yeah. To order it. I mean, it's, it's recent enough to where it's weird, kind of weird that you forgot you had it. Usually it takes me a little while to forget. Something, <laughs> actually, I shouldn't say that. I forget things in like five minutes sometimes. Have you seen the pile of games? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. They have in their face. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I guess I haven't. So, yeah, about that. I mean, there's there's a plethora of things down there that if you put it, if you set it down somewhere, something else is going to arrive or get moved over. And then it's just in the mix. Yeah. Best of luck. Unless you're looking for it, you might not find it. So, uh, as Don and I were organizing stuff yesterday and last night, um, we decided that we have a ton of games, uh, obviously, uh, board games and uh, such. I'll, I'll post some pictures of the game. We're calling it the game library. Um, as of right now, eventually I want to change out the plastic uh, shelving we have with actual nice wood shelves. Um, I actually was looking online at Craigslist and eBay for old library, uh, furniture, you know, yes, the heavy shit. Cause I have people that like to carry heavy shit for me. Right, Marty. Um, <laughs> I'm still recovering from that, <laughs> but you know, we want to make it nice. So, but anyways, um, you know, we decided that we're going to start looking at these clearance sales. Like miniatures market is really 
good about having these huge clearance sales. If you don't know about Miniatures Market, Miniatures Market is this online store, and I think they actually have a physical store in St. Louis. But a lot of times what they do outside of buying, you know, stuff that's current is they buy a lot of old stock and then they clear it out. You know, they buy it for whatever ridiculous price they can get it for. And then they put it on these big sales, right? So you can get some pretty good deals. Um, Yeah. So... You know, to keep keep the library growing and fresh. But we, we have a lot of stuff we haven't even opened. So, you know, we're not too anxious to start, but we will. Um, because, you know, like Chris Long, he's doing a lot of stuff for getting ready for um, uh, muskets and tomahawks, tomahawks, muskets, whatever it's called. Um, you know, I still have the whole Rourke's Drift set from um, Foreground to put together. The Horns of the Buffalo set, yep. the big one. Uh, we have the Alamo. I just watched Davy Crockett the other night. The old Disney show, um, you know, of course, the Alamo is in the end. Um, he does not survive for anybody who is wondering what happens. Um, so your your Alamo is in progress, by the way. Chris is and it? I have been working on it. Excellent. It's, it's nice <laughs> to have a scenery team. When you say, oh, we need a terrain day. Yeah, we've <laughs> been working on that for six weeks so far. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a full-time job for it. Right. It could be. It could be. I mean, you know, we were talking about that the other day. We could make this whole gig a full time. If we could find some way to financially support this, this could be a full time gig. Right. Um, but we're just oh, not yeah. there. If I won the lottery, <laughs> I, I would I would easily go from 16 hours a day to 18 hours a day on SIDREP. If I could, if I won the lottery, that, that, that would be a done deal. <laughs> right. Would you give up what you're doing, Gaz, if you've suddenly won the lottery there in England? What do you mean when? As soon as I'm out of the army, I'm on my way over. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I'd uh, happily uh, move over and just build all the stuff in the basement. Yeah. Paint it. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever finish it. but Oh, it's not that much. <laughs> but the sad thing is there's always more, you know. I've only got maybe 60 years left in me, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gaz will need help. Yeah. But, um... I'm not, I'm not sure my eyesight and my steady hands will, will keep for that period of time. Oh, don't worry. We can get you magnifiers. <laughs> yeah, you kind of screwed up her plans there by re-enlisting there, buddy. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's the best thing to do at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree with yeah, you on that at all. Now it's not a good time to be unemployed without health coverage. <laughs> Most Hell definitely. Yeah. So, uh, any projects that you guys wanted to t- mention other outside of what we talked about today? Um, we got some uh, some cartel action going. Yeah, in the next, uh, talk about it, Jim. Give us a, give us the lowdown, my friend. Well, um, Ariskany has been binge watching Narcos. Nice. So I love the first couple about, seasons. Uh, yeah, so, so when people start talking about we want to see more modern stuff and more like skirmish level stuff, I'm like, okay, let's have some narco battles. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're using is our uh, 13 hours to 13 days system. Our sit rep, our sit rep skirmish is kind of the, the working title, um, the same game system. And uh, what we spent most of last night doing um, is working on uh, some Mexican federal police figures uh, to replace our GRS. And uh, adding some new um, options for our cartel figures. I mean, so they're basically going to be insurgents. Uh-huh. Um, but now we're uh, we got yeah we got some female characters on there for our cartel because you know you got to have you know you know badass women running around with automatic weapons because it's narcos. 
Um, so we're going to have some of that and we're going to have, uh, yeah, some American DEA agents in there as well. Uh, they're going to be like the tier one operators and the Mexican federal police are going to be like, um, standard, uh, trained infantry. Mm-hmm. And of course we have the cartel. So 13 hours to 13 days, uh, that like transit game was very asymmetrical. It was top notch blue ribbon tier one operator panaces mm-hmm. versus guys, you know, in like flip flops and Crocs and running around with, you know, firing their AKs one handed over walls and so on and so forth. Um, so we had like tier zero and tier one or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, tier like really good and then like really bad. Just a lot of really, you know, uh, yeah. bad militia. So now we're kind of like, so, okay, there's like, there are, there, you know, most of the world's militaries and elite police forces, SWAT teams, star teams, things like that are kind of in the middle. Um, so we're trying to introduce like that middle level uh, today. And again, we've also talked uh, in some uh, some uh, podcasts also with you, Bill, about also not just everything has to be straight out military, but also some law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like the army in this game is technically not an army. It's technically the federal police. So we have some some MFP, um, you know, La Policia, and of course, some DEA, which again, none of that is actually military. No big tanks, no artillery barrages. Uh, we are also bringing in shotguns for the first time. We never had shotguns in the uh, SITREP skirmish before. So we got SITREP. Uh, so we got mid-level troops. We've got uh, new female characters. We've got police figures. We've got shotguns. Every time we run that system, uh, we're trying to, again, incrementally add a little bit more to it. So we'll see how that goes uh, later today. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So let me ask you, Jim, since you've been binge watching, have you gotten through a season two now? Or are you still in season two? Uh, well, there's, there's, I think, five total seasons. Yeah, well, the, the first two is, is basically Colombia and Pablo Escobar. Yep. Yeah, have, I've definitely you, gotten through those. Okay, so did you feel sorry for Escobar at the end? No. Okay. I did way too much. Uh, I knew way too much about Escobar before I saw the show. I knew who he so, was. I knew what he did, but the way they made it in the... If you just look at the TV show, how he ended up, it was kind of, you, I don't want to say I felt sorry for him, but, you know, it was like, dude, you know, you end up getting killed on a rooftop. You were living in some crappy apartment. You had nothing left. You know, you went from the peak into the the, the sewer, right? It's just yeah. amazing. The downfall of this guy, it, you know, and it's due oh, to his arrogance, really. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, wait too far. It's almost like Downfall. When you watch Downfall, mm-hmm. they spend two and a half hours showing you everything from Hitler's perspective. All his friends, the people who loved him most, the people who liked him the most. And it's and the, the acting, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, Bruno Glassman begins with a G. I'm, I'm spacing on it now. Um, is it, It's he's easily the best Hitler ever. Um, you see all his flaws, all his weaknesses. He was very sick at the end. He was basically dead already of Parkinson's disease. He had all these stuff going on. You don't feel sorry for him. He's freaking Adolf Hitler, dude. Right. <laughs> and Pablo Esmore is not Adolf Hitler. But again, at the same time, yeah, you can go through that show. And yeah, it definitely presents, you know, a lot of the you know, people that betrayed him and how things went crazy. It does not shy away from the whole Los Pepas, Los Pepas um, angle as far as, you know, people who went too far going against Pablo and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Um, but honestly, yeah, to answer your question, I, I didn't feel sorry for him at the end. I mean, it, it, 
Yeah, I mean the guy was the guy was knocking down aircraft by the end. I yeah. mean he was he was a straight out terrorist group. Yeah, uh, unto himself. Um, so I've watched the first two episodes, and now I'm d- I've done the first two. I should say seasons, and I've done the first two seasons of uh, of Mexico. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah, and now the third one I think is either complete or it's coming out on Netflix soon. I haven't seen it yet, but I know there is a third episode, a third season of, uh, and that's when it's going to get nasty because they've gotten Felix out of the way at the end of season two. Spoilers for something that happened in 1989. Um, you should already know this uh, if you're interested in this material. And uh, I'm only guessing that uh, episode or season three is going to be uh, the, the rise of Guzman. Yeah. Okay. I haven't uh, seen him yet, so I'll have to watch those. Yeah. So have I you seen, uh, this... arrested, uh, as recently as 2017, I think they finally got him in real life. Well, have you seen um, the movie Sicario? Uh, no, I haven't. Those are good movies. Those are uh, really good movies. I don't know. I've heard good things about them. Yeah, they're, they're really good movies. Um, you know, there's some good source material there, I think for some gaming, you know, in that, in that same kind of genre. So, you know, that's the thing you can take even some of these movies that are not historically accurate. You can take some of the ideas from it and create uh, a scenario, you know, make it more relevant historically. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, 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 like today's game, we're not doing like a specific shootout. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, Mexico City, July 7th, 1988. Or, you know, we're just it's going to be some cartel guys some DEA guys. We're going to have a, a gun battle in the streets. So what? Um, um, Roughly what year-ish or time frame would you say your game's taking place in? This one today, it almost, it, for SITREP skirmish, it literally doesn't matter. Okay. You've got, you've got AK, you've got basically assault rifles, submachine guns, pistols. So it could be anywhere between 1935 and 2075. I mean, um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, the, the uniforms uh, for the police are relatively recent that I, I rendered yesterday in Photoshop. Uh-huh. So I'd say like 2015 to 2020. Um, yeah, they're not wearing green. They're wearing the blue. So, yeah, relatively recently. We'll say the last five years. Uh, yeah, and they look really good. Down to the graphics. Yeah, I, I saw the, just I'm sorry. I was going to say I saw the uh, images of the um, Mexican police. And I'm going to throw myself under the bus. When I first looked at it, I wasn't thinking about what I was looking at. And I'm looking at this going, why is Jim creating French guys for Mexico? Because I was looking <laughs> at their patch, you know, and, and I didn't look at the colors right. And I'm thinking, why is there French police in Mexico? And then I looked at it and went, yeah, Duh. It's, red, it's red, white, and green. Yeah. And red, white, and blue. Yeah. yeah. So. To be honest, I did not also uh render the uh, Mexican eagle in the center of that. So I'll have to go ahead and, and redo the whole thing now. All right, guys, the stream is canceled today. I have to go. I have to redo all those conversations. Yeah, if you could get on that, that'd be great. <laughs> so, yeah, that, uh, if you guys have not seen it in real time, make sure you catch up on that game. Um, it's Gaz. Gaz, who are you playing? Um, the cartel, I believe. You want to play the cartel? Oh, I want to play the bad guys. Because Jim always ends up playing the bad guys, which I'm always jealous of. So. <laughs> oh, man. Now I have to add more police units. Okay, I thought you were going to play the police. <laughs> I thought he wanted to play the police because he was a good sport and he played the Libyan militia all those times in uh, 13 hours to 13 days. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, really right. I, I just enjoy playing the game. So, um, are you going to be ruthless as the cartel there, Gaz, or are you going to let your British common sense and decency get in the way? I'm going to shelve my Britishness. I'm not going to have a cup of tea. That should put me in a bad mood. (laughs) (laughs) 
You just want to play with those female figures, don't you? That's what it he's is. He's going to release his alter ego. Uh-huh. I just, the problem is, if I, if I let Jim play with those female figures, nothing will happen once he has to move one because he'll just be mousing over it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think we'll probably yeah. chat about it off air and uh, decide who's going to play who and go from there. Really. Excellent. Okay. Anybody have anything newsworthy wise they want to bring up um, before we close out the show? Any new products? Anything you've heard outside of? What we talked to about today? Yeah, there's a couple of things come out. I'll, okay. uh, I'll blast through them. Okay. Uh, Spectre Miniatures. Yeah. I've um, chucked a couple of things on the Facebook page. We'll stick the link in the uh, the show. Uh, Delta Force are coming early 2021 in MVG. Um, there's a couple of new options. Uh, there's uh, some really nice sculpts there. And more importantly, they've transitioned to 3D sculpting mm-hmm. for these guys as well. So it should be interesting to see um, how the miniatures themselves change. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm a big believer that you can achieve more detail, clean detail, um, with 3D sculpts than you can with uh, traditional sculpting methods um, at the rate that they'd want to um, churn out miniatures as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think we'll see a lot more where you can repose as well, so it saves the time between miniatures from that side of things. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to rebuild the whole model, they'll only have to change a few magazines, change your head position, change the weapon system, which digital is a lot easier to cut out and put back in than it would be to individually sculpt each member of a team. So yeah, we... Um, they banged out. Uh, there's a guy that looks like he's. Um, I don't even know what the pistol is. That'd be something you guys would have to have a look at and uh, tell me. To be honest, uh, there's a guy reading a pistol. Uh, some really nice dynamic poses. Um, a guy moving through with an assault rifle and uh, a small drone operator as well. It looks like he's actually got the drone in the palm of his hand, and in the other hand he's got the control mechanism oh, on cool. the tablet. That's very cool. Yeah, he's got like one of those little dragonfly drones that literally fits in the palm of your hand uh, yeah, in there. So, so that'll be uh, quite cool to see how they interact in their game rules. Um, so uh, after Spectre, uh, Plastic Soldier Company mm-hmm. is uh, a favorite of the show as well. Uh, Battle Group, um, they've released the British 8th Army Platoon. Yeah. Uh, in Ultracast 20 mil. So um, quite a lot of miniatures, actually, for the box set. 47 miniatures. It's going to put you in a really good place straight away. Um, it gives you four HQs, three NCOs, 18 riflemen, uh, three walking LMG teams, three prone LMG teams, a walking two-inch mortar, which I think is probably one of the few times I've seen somebody walking with it in a in a miniature, uh, and a prone one as well. So nice little spread of um, what you'd want to see in a platoon and, and what you'd want to see on the tabletop as a, a core element, what you could add to. So, um, yeah, they're definitely still supporting Battle Group really well. It's yeah. Good to see some new stuff coming out. Did you see uh, the uh, announcement um, from Piers about um, they have a couple more volumes coming out and then PSC is going to be kind of taking over with some their own expansions, I think is what they said. And then on top of that, they're looking for new authors to help write some of these new expansions. Right. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Jim there, 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 there goes the risk. Any? Um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, uh, we we're, were talking about that Eighth Army box set with uh, forty-seven figures in there. That's one thing about PSC. You get plenty, especially in infantry boxes. You get plenty. I bought the Soviet Cold War 
15 millimeter to build my Iraqis with. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I just painted them differently. And holy crap, dude, there's 140 of them in the box, 145 wow. of them in the box. So, not oh, great, that's 15 mil. But um, that's more than I could ever possibly use, at least for the Iraqis. So, I literally had to split the sprues in half, and I'm doing half of them as Iraq, half of them are already done as Iraqis, and the other half are going to be done as, you know, standard Cold War Soviets. Mm hmm. Because they have a lot of Soviet tanks, but no actual uh, miniatures. So, yeah, whenever you buy, especially infantry from Plastic Soldier Company, you're going to get a lot of miniatures. That's for sure. And a lot of options. Yeah. And they're well detailed as well, aren't they? They, they do come oh, yeah. with a nice detail set there. I, mean, I want to get well, the 15 ones, but even the 15 ones are great. Are great. Yeah. Really and good instructions for those items that you put together. They're, they're really good all around when it comes to their miniature productions and systems. Well, you uh, almost have to, but like their 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 Panther, fifteen millimeter Panther, has forty five parts to it. What <laughs> for a gaming yeah. miniature? So for a fifteen millimeter gaming miniature, the Panther had forty five parts to it. So yeah, you're gonna have good instructions. You <laughs> Otherwise, you're screwed. <laughs> that or you're just gonna pass <laughs> move on. <laughs> that many. Um, Firelock Games uh, and the Phalanx Consortium. So. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we mentioned Firelock quite a lot recently. In fact, we've been mentioned during the show. Uh, but this is Blood and Valor. So I don't know if it's a British theme at the minute, but they're also covering uh, World War One, British Army, 1916 to 18. Uh, so their new box set for the British uh, has a command team, uh, Vickers machine gun, two riflemen units, and a Highlighter assault team in kilts and sporrans. Wow. That, uh, Blood and Valor, that's the one by Firelock Games, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Firelock yeah. Games and okay. Firelock yeah, Rufus. So, um, yeah, they're, they're starting to expand into that area as well. And they do some great minis, as we already know. So it's good to see them uh, expanding into that other area as strongly as they have with their pirates. Um, so, yeah, it's um, interesting times for the British. There seems to be a bit of a flavor of the month this, this time. Um, looking forward to seeing what else comes with the sort of support elements to that, the different unit types you can get. Um, and the final one for today, um, favorite for Builder, uh, Gunfighter's Ball, Knuckle Duster Miniatures. There's a couple of new uh, faction box sets out. Yeah. Uh, they have literally a fox, uh, faction box set called The Bad Guys. So essentially, I don't think there are any specific named character as much as just a, a group of rough and ready uh, gunslingers. Um, that they've, they've put into a single box set. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, worth a look, definitely. And uh, if you just want some of this a bit more generic rather than painting, say, the Earps or somebody specific, uh, it's a really good option. Uh, and the other one for them to this sort of release is the Young Posse Mounted. So they've already done them on foot. And I believe this is essentially like the Young Guns set from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, nice to see that you could transition then between mounted models to infantry. Nice. Uh, which seems to be something that they're doing more and more. They flesh them out into to both roles. So I quite like that because you could run some scenarios where you're actually chasing down, you're a hunt on the hunt for somebody mm-hmm. uh, on horseback rather than just having the, the usual saloon and the, and the sort of the street um, gunfights. You can actually do some on the move. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to definitely get more into that game. Haven't had a chance to, but that's definitely in my list of stuff. Um, Marty, you've discovered something this week and opened your wallet, didn't you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Eureka Miniatures has a uh, a pretty nice uh, line of, uh, well, a line. They have a whole bunch of 
uh, miniatures. What I didn't realize is that they had uh, Eureka USA distributorship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I have uh, I've added to my uh, my modern collection there with uh, some. Specifically, I was looking for some dudes uh, to be uh, like Taliban bad guys. And, uh, you know, I got uh, uh, a couple of uh, shepherds with uh, some goats and some sheep. And then I got a bunch of just Taliban bad guys. So, Excellent. And pretty, pretty excited about that. Uh, And I'm trying to remember, I'm pulling it up now. I don't know where they ship out of in the U.S. Uh, da, 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 da. Hold on, let's see here if it comes up. Uh, it doesn't say where they're shipping out of, but it's got USPS shipping available, uh, flat rate boxes. Cool. So, I mean, shipping anywhere in the U.S., $8.30. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. So, and then, you know, of, of course, uh, if your order's over $300, they'll, uh, <laughs> they'll hook you up with some shipping discount. Excellent. So yeah, yeah. So um, got, got got that going on, but uh, yeah, I did. I did not realize that they. Had yeah, I, a, I didn't a, remember them having a uh, U.S. distributor, but that's good. That's good to know. Um, also, newsworthy wise, uh, Tim Spakowski. Sorry, Tim, I stuttered on that one. Um, from Footsore Miniatures, North America. Uh, had an announcement on his page, and I think he posted it on ours as well, if I'm not mistaken, or Chris picked it up, um, that they are going to have a Kickstarter in the spring for their version of the French-Indian War. Um, they've been previewing some painted miniatures, and they look pretty good. Um, so uh, if you're into that genre, uh, they're going to have their own uh, version of that coming out in the spring as well. So... That's awesome. Uh, upcoming programming. So this Thursday, we are going to be uh, streaming some battle space. Is the plan? Yeah. So uh, Marty's going to take us through some solo play um, and maybe yep. some cooperative, depending on how long it takes. You know, we try and keep our stream to about an hour, hour and a half, two hours at the max limit. You know, because it is in the evening and it gets late. But um, so. Uh, we'll be doing some ultra or uh, ultra combat. Nope. Different game. Uh, battle space, um, on Thursday on Tuesday. I'm not sure if we, what we have on the table for Tuesday. Anything at this time that gents that we're aware of? No, no, the minute I don't think. Okay. Right. Um, I can run something if nobody else has anything. But, uh, I, I'm more than happy uh, to do the book review and stuff for ultra combat modern, uh, on Tuesday. Um, I, I can do that. Right, cool. Yeah, I'll take care of that. Oh, in fact, Bill, could you do a review of the Taliban that you have? Uh, the uh, White Dragon ones? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a bit the opposite. Because you know, we did the um, sort of we did the friendly fall. Did the British Army on this one just gone? It might be cool to see the other side of the fence. I can. Um, I'll do that on Tuesday. How about that? I'll do that, and then we'll yeah. save the Altered Combat Modern when I have a chance to read it more um, for more the time, following yeah. week or something. So, yeah, yeah, I'll do that because I already have obviously some of those built and painted, so we can show ones in the package and ones that are assembled and painted. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I yep. think your painted ones are still sitting on the table that we yes, played our thirteen yep. hours game on. Yep. So, yep, most definitely. So we'll do that for Tuesday. 
Uh, also, guys, don't forget, if you're looking for some background uh, sounds, music tunage, uh, while you're hobbying or playing a game, we have our radio station, Battle on Radio. You can find it on Live 365. Now, for all my friends around the world who say they cannot get it on the regular streaming, I'm going to be putting up a link and some instructions very shortly on how you can listen to the radio station just about anywhere in the world, is what I've been told. So, um, using a certain kind of software, it's not illegal. I've been told it's all valid and all good. So it's not like the dark web or anything like that. Um, so, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so look for those instructions. Um, check out the Christmas show. Dawn does Operation Jingle Bell on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Central Time. Um, but she plays some Christmas classics and she interjects some stories uh, about what Christmas means to her in different situations and events. If you guys have any requests for music or shows or anything like that or themes, uh, like I said, I want to try and put together a couple hour block of uh, 60s music to play along with your Vietnam type games. Um, so you can have that playing in the background if you'd like, um, you know, anything like that that you really want to do or if you're looking for a certain genre of music because right now it's just playing a huge random mix of music because we haven't broke down the playlist yet um so you could get some of that crappy rap music or you could get some good rock and roll or you could get some classical music because it's all intermixed right now so once we divide it up it'll make a little bit more sense but um and also you'll be able to find this podcast monday afternoons at three o'clock central time uh, on the radio station as well so any last thoughts, guys, before we wrap up the show for today? Uh, uh, nope. All right. Rock on. <laughs> All right. We've got some uh, some guys got some gaming to do, so we're going to leave it at that. And we want to thank you guys again for joining us. Make sure you tell your friends to like, subscribe, click the bell if you're on the YouTube. Uh, if you're on Facebook, make sure you tell everybody to like and follow our page. We are so close to 500 people. It's not even funny. Um, so, you know, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Yes, I think we're on Twitter. Uh, Twitch, obviously. Um, the podcast is found on Podbean, Google Podcasts, um, Apple Music. Um, I put us, uh, I applied for Pandora and all the other, um, music streaming services. So you can catch the podcast on your favorite, favorite streaming platform. But please, please help the channel. Grow and get the word out to your friends. Okay. Um, people enjoy listening to us while they're sitting there painting or doing whatever hobby wise. So uh, for the rest of the command team, this is Bill. And I want to thank you for joining us on this glorious Sunday, no matter where you're at. And um, thanks a lot, guys. And we'll check you later. Yeah.